time on episode 334 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We talk Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 1, The New Deal, and we talk weekly Marvel news. I'm Chris from Play Comics, a show where we look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material, a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other astonishingly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Director S.P. I'm Agent Haley. I'm Agent Lauren. And I'm Agent Michelle. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. This show is recorded on Thursday, May 28th, 2020, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast... Timeline-wide via www.geeks.live. Come and join our live chat as we record. Ladies, happy National Brisket Day. That is an excellent holiday. I know. I was Actually, all the national days for today are like food-based. There's like National Hamburger Day. But I wanted to go with National Brisket Day because so many of my coworkers are at home and they're smoking their dinner throughout the day because they're home and they have the time and i just don't have a smoker so i'm jealous i get to use my microwave at home instead of the microwave at work (laughs) now i'm wishing that i had brisket for dinner but alas i had a potato i'm gonna look into uh getting a smoker over the weekend probably won't do it but we'll see anyway enjoy your food when you get a chance to eat it Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan-based podcast on the ABC television show Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which we're talking about tonight, the multiple Marvel small screen series, and the Marvel Cinematic and Comic Book Universes in general. Because of dad jokes. If you'd like to tell us your best dad joke, you can find us at our website, legendsofshield.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844 844- 843-2871. You can find us on Facebook um, at Legends of Shield Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Legends of Shield. You can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash gunnageek. You can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of Shield skill. And remember, Legends of Shield is a proud member of the gunnageek.com network. I want to take a moment to welcome back Agent Haley and Agent Lauren. You've been missing for several weeks. It's good to have you back in the studio. It's good to be back. It is good to be back. All right. And with that, we're going to get on with the rest of the show. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 1, The New Deal, premiered on ABC May 27th, 2020, after 42-week hiatus. The last episode aired, I believe, August 2nd, 2019. I know that 
because it was on my DVR and I watched it before I watched this episode. <laughs> so Lauren, why don't you run down the director for this episode? Okay, this episode, The New Deal, was directed by Kevin Tankeron. Tankeron? It's been so long, I've forgotten how to pronounce it. Tankeron. <laughs> Tankeron, who has 30 directing credits starting in 2004, 18 of Mortal Kombat Legacy, one of Supergirl, one of 12 Monkeys, one of Iron Fist, two of Prison Break, two of Legends of Tomorrow, three of Arrow, three of The Flash, and 15 of Legends of Shield, of Agents of Shield. <laughs> He has also directed 15 episodes of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's a little known <laughs> fact, but he has been involved. And we thank Kevin Tankeron for all his directorship. He's just off screen yelling at us. Yeah, especially me. It's like, Director SP, you should know better. And Haley, why don't you run down the writer for this episode? This episode was written by George Kitson. He has five writing credits starting in 2006. Those include five episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Double Agent one episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Slingshot, and six episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. No writing credits for Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. And that would be appropriate because we don't follow any script. No, very obviously. <laughs> so the title of the episode was The New Deal. We often equate the title of the episode to the theme of the episode. So Lauren, since you've been gone for a while, I'm going to give this to you. What is the theme of this episode? Well, the theme is that it's new. We're in the past. <laughs> We're in 1931. Things are weird. And also, just from a historical standpoint, the New Deal was an economic recovery program that was put forward by FDR after he became president and in trying to recover from the Great Depression. So we have that tie-in. It's a new deal. They're in a different time period now. They're in a different time period. They were talking uh, along the lines of this being the time travel arc. So this is our time travel arc. And I don't think we're going to stay in 1931, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Haley, I'm going to give you the honor of selecting where we start. Where do you want to start talking about this episode? Oh, that's a lot of pressure. Where are we going to start? Let's start with... Deke. Deke uh, being so upset that there was no alcohol and then being convinced that they were pranking him. <laughs> if he knew anything about the Great Depression, he would have knew, known about Prohibition, but maybe that was deleted from the computer files that he got to fool around with within the framework. I don't think he had great history classes. There is that. There's also the fact that, like, what's some stuff that would have been absolutely commonplace knowledge a hundred years ago, about a hundred years before then, that we probably don't know about. I'm not real surprised that if some things just got forgotten or slipped through the cracks, why bother talking about prohibition when there's, or, you know, U.S. history at all, when there's not a U.S. anymore? Yeah. Plus, it's such a blip even in U.S. history. I thought it was interesting how Deke is completely understands the Great Depression. <laughs> <laughs> People starving on the streets, begging for money, doing whatever they need to do, quick schemes, whatever, in order to survive. He's like, I get this. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's like everybody else comes from a time and place of, you know, relative prosperity. And Deke's just like, oh, this is familiar. 
Yet for somebody that would want to watch his step in the lighthouse, he is not watching his step on the street of New York. <laughs> hey, it's his first time in the big city. <laughs> the big apple, right? Well, we also have the return, and this was teased, not really teased, I mean, it was out and out told to us in the season finale for season six. We got LMD Colson. Sky immediately pushes the button, brings him back. I'm not sure if they reshot the scenes between the seasons or they just used the same scene. It was a little different pace, so it's kind of hard to tell. I watched them back to back. You have Coulson that is coming back in a third iteration within three seasons. Michelle, what did you think about that? I liked how he it must be really weird knowing you're dead. I just like how Daisy was just like, you're an LMD. And then Gemma's was just like, here's everything that you missed. And then he's like, I'm dead, but I'm not dead. And I'm back. I appreciate how he calls Mac boss and director. Immediately. He was acquiescing control immediately to Max and what's going on several times. Although he does take his own liberties within the speakeasy of trying to get shot right away. And Max's like, no, I'm not dead. I'm still alive. <laughs> I missed that part due to a weather report. Like, as soon as Coulson's like, you're right, I am dead. All of a sudden. And here's your weather update. And I was just like, oh, I'm missing something. So Coulson went up towards the bartender with the sawed off double barreled shotgun. And he made a move, but he still got shot in the shoulder and deflected. But all the time, Mac is understanding what's going on. Coulson said, I'm going to try something here. And Mac's like, wait a minute, you might be dead, but I'm not. And they went ahead and they, of course, took over the room anyway. And then did you see what happened next? Did you see the owner of the club introduce himself? I didn't see him introduce himself, but I did. By the time the weather report came back, it was when he was, you know, in his office grouching at them. So it would have been like, I don't know, maybe about three minutes after the scene started. I got to say, he wasn't my favorite in the family lineage. Was he yours, Michelle, the favorite? Well, no. He doesn't do poetry. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad to have him back. Yes. Good to have Patton back, yes. But last week, I think, was when his most recent stand-up special dropped on Netflix. So I was watching it, and I had almost forgotten that he was Koenig. And then... We got him back and I'm like, hey, I just saw you last week, except, you know, not in person, obviously, but online. This episode made me realize how much of this show I've forgotten. <laughs> One great thing that would be good for anybody that's trying to remember and get caught up. The season finales every year have been outstanding. So if you have a chance to go, I believe they're all on Netflix. If you go to Netflix and you watch the season finales for seasons one through six, You'll be caught up pretty much on all the storylines right there. A little bit of caveat there. Some of the season finales are two hours and not just the one hour, but it is a quick way to get caught back up until all the storylines because they generally, even like with the Ghost Rider, who is at the first end of the first half of the season, he still came back to the second half of the season. So I started watching season one again when I was out in the garage doing some work. And it was very heartwarming and the just the ability to go back and remember everything from season one right up into the big reveal with Hydra 
was it was just fun and i think we're going to get a lot of callbacks here matter of fact the showrunners have come out and announced that you'll see a lot of familiar faces as time goes by and i don't know if this will be another caning issue where you have a another family member that's brought back in time or something like that but we will see familiar faces unfortunately in this case we're not going to see powers booth because well he passed away in 2017 but we did see okay i'm still trying to figure this part out was freddie him or was freddie like his dad his dad okay they came out I and said so. that yeah okay because power boost it was malik what was his first gideon, gideon. Malik. it was gideon. gideon malik yeah 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 as soon as they said malik i was just like sitting straight up yeah i think they might have said it during one of your weather reports <laughs> <sighs> yeah watching tv through weather reports is never fun I, I'm glad I don't live in a place with weather anymore. <laughs> well, you still have sandstorms there, right? Yeah, but they it's like, it's going to happen. There's nothing you can do about it. It'll be over in 15 minutes. Okay. And they only happen every few years. One good thing about having Coulson back is the reason Coulson is back, and that is because the Chromacons have all this historical knowledge, and Coulson is their best bet at bringing all that forward and he's remembering all this stuff and i don't know if it was his mind was messed around with a little bit with gemma and fitz but he's remembering all this stuff like the speakeasy like the swordfish stuff he said i can't believe i'm remembering this so he gets all this stuff to the forefront of his mind it is their competing historical lesson to the chromacons i'm not sure that's you know computer programming remember you know stuff that we remember from the past few seasons of Coulson, uh, he wanted to be a history teacher. You know, when we see him in the framework, he is a history teacher. We know from the movies, even, that he's a huge nerd and a fanboy. There's a book series that I love. It's by Connie Willis, and it's like the the Oxford time travel series. It's science fiction in the future in Oxford University. There's As part of the history program, they can go back to the past. There's things like the Doomsday Book, which is about the, you know, Black Plague, and it's terrifying. There's To Say Nothing of the Dog, which is about, it's actually time travel through like three different time periods there. And then there's Blackout and All Clear, which are about the Blitz in World War II. And I feel like that's kind of a history nerd's biggest dream is to go back and actually see the stuff that you've only read about and again i think this is him going back seeing everything all the stuff that's you know been in his mind because of being a a history nerd again he was a huge captain america fan i think that's being kind of like their guidepost right now and i did like that call back to him being a history teacher didn't they retain their knowledge from the framework? Like Mac remembered his life having a daughter. Fitz remembered being a monster. Yeah. So wouldn't Colson remember all of his knowledge of being a history teacher? Yeah. And especially because what was it? The, the scan was from the framework. Yeah. It was the last brain scan that they had of Colson. And then they interjected stuff along the way to bring him up to speed. Along those lines, I thought it was really interesting. He spent 10 seconds or so really trying to digest it all and not doing well to the point where he might have self-destructed along the way. Later on, the Chromacon, who was actually being interrogated by Gemma, 
did the same sort of thing. I'm wondering if that was just a one-off within the episode between the two of them, between Coulson and the Chromicon, or if this is going to be a continuing thing within Coulson as the LMD and the Chromicons. He did mention that after he's, he's done, you know, like when they no longer need him, when this matter has been settled, he doesn't want to go on, which I understand. Mm-hmm. He knows that he's a tool that has been brought online to help with the situation. And I think he wants to divert towards his original programming. So we'll see. There's been some talk about a heartwarming scene between May and Colson's LMD. And, and we'll just see how that happens later on in the season. So this brings up one of my favorite aspects of any science fiction that involves clones or you know, robots, if you have all the memories of a person up, you know, up until that point, does that make you functionally indistinguishable from them? We saw this in Battlestar Galactica with Sharon, with Athena and Boomer. Uh, there is a book series. I hate the author, but the premise is interesting where switching your memories or your, your mind to different bodies and stuff is acceptable. And this character is called in to determine whether or not his father is still functionally alive because there was like a like in transit to beaming himself across the galaxy there was like a solar flare and like 15 minutes of memory were lost and they're trying to figure out if that's you know legally a distinction in if legally are you still entitled to your assets and stuff like that the Altered Carbon series, again, it's your mind put in different bodies. So if LMD Coulson has all of Coulson Prime's memories and knowledge about, you know, everything that went on, does that, in a sense, make it Coulson? An interesting thought. I will state that uh, Star Trek did address this in The Next Generation with William Riker and Thomas Riker, where Thomas was a transporter accident, basically, within the heat of battle, I believe. I'm trying to remember the exact circumstances, but Thomas was declared to be an independent person, but they had the same personnel records up to the point of the accident. Yeah, and Farscape in, I think, season, I forget if it was two or three. I think it was, three. it was three, it's season three, where John Crichton splits into Moya John and Talon John. And it's like you're the same person up until, you know, the events when you diverged. So if somebody is in love with the original and then, you know, is off doing stuff with one copy, what does that mean for the other copy who also has all those memories of being in love? It, it's that sort of thing that's just fascinating to me. And I have no idea if we'll see that addressed, but it'd be cool if we did. In this particular case, I mean, they could address it if they want to go down the path of May versus the cello player, you know? So you just never know what's going to go on here. We did deal with time and time travel, and we do have a time travel expert on the podcast, Haley. So Haley, I would like your take on the time travel explanation given by Deke within uh, Ripples, Not Waves. Sure, why not? It's like the third time travel theory they've proposed in the last two seasons. So sure, whatever. It's fine. 
<laughs> are you okay with uh, not making big waves? Is gonna the stream is gonna end up in the same place? I think Mac is gonna make a wave. Like they've been teeing him up this whole episode. You know, dealing with being a black man in a time period when it's even harder to be a black man, and uh, him having to kind of accept the time period for what it is and not wanting to accept it. And uh, I can't wait for him to no longer accept it. Yeah, I I want them to snap and punch a racist. That's I'm always in favor of punching racists. So, yep. Just let me have them punch a racist. It'll be great. Well, along those yep. lines, the show is not shying away from these sorts of social issues. Oh, uh, when Daisy... First off, I love the ca- uh, the Canadian Mounties cover that <laughs> they came up with. And the cop going, well, wh- oh, what are you doing here, fine lady? You don't have a husband. And she just had that great monologue. I was there. I was there for it. It's just like, God. Things change, but unfortunately, some of the things have stayed the same. And let's talk about something else. Like I, how Deke wanted Zima. The Zima joke came back. <laughs> Zima did not exist in 1931. So, okay, that's pretty good. It coalesces with the fact that Deke doesn't know everything about the Depression, including alcohol. Yeah, I bet he'd probably find more in common with, you know, their alcohol and, you know, bathtub gin at the time than Zima. Isn't that what Zima is? Bathtub gin? (laughs) It would be stronger. I loved when Mac had that dad moment of telling Deke, don't file any patents. (laughs) <laughs> because that that was specifically the thing that Fitz had an issue with with the jump drive in the season finale for last time around was you patented but you stole it you stole all this stuff so yeah they were trying to head that off also it was one of the reasons why they had a shield agent that was posed as his friend with the startup last <laughs> season as well Fitz, nowhere to be found. Any guesses to where and when he is? Lauren, what's your take? I think he's, if not in the future, then in our present and in space. In the, you know, this season on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we saw presumably Chronicom ships jumping forward. So I think he's working with good Chronicons to try and keep them from taking over earth and being like okay this is ours now you leave that's a good question i don't know if there's any good chromacons left or not because i know that's what enoch wanted to try to do was ban through all these scientists part of the chromacon society and they were all reprogrammed as hunters so i don't know if there's any left it'd be nice to have one or two (laughs) okay michelle where do you think and when do you think fitz is i do agree i think he's in the present Okay. Haley, what's your take? Maybe. I kind of think maybe he's taking care of of the Fitzsimmon baby. (laughs) Oh, that could be. But remember, the course of their lives had changed, and the future that Deke was in doesn't exist anymore, which Deke still being around is kind of an issue, I guess. I don't know. But who knows if there's a baby or not? That doesn't mean they don't still get to have a baby. Yeah, it's... I forget... If we addressed this last time, there's some science fiction like X-Men and stuff like that, where even if that future no longer exists, if that character is brought back to the present, past, whatever, 
the character still exists. That's how we have like Cable and Rachel Summers and Layla Miller and just the whole mess of time travelers that the X-Men keep picking up, usually related to the Summers Gray bloodline. But I figured Deke's continued presence is something like that. We also have another question, and the question is, how long have Gemma and Fitz been working on this plan? How long have they been researching all the tech and all the timelines that they had to go back and try to change? How long have they been out there? And remember, at the season finale last year, Gemma was acting really differently than she kind of course corrected in this episode to try to go back a little bit to the old Gemma. But she was acting almost like a Chromicon herself at the end of last season. So, Michelle, I want to throw this over to you. How long do you think that they were working on this grand plan? I'm going to say a good seven years. That would be in line with how many years the seasons have gone here for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Lauren, what do you think? How long do you think they've been working on it? I've been thinking about it since yesterday, and I have no idea. Multiple years, I think, but I couldn't give you an age, a, a range. I'm personally thinking somewhere around 10 to 15 years, but I don't know. Maybe that's too long. They could have, they've done a lot in a short amount of time between the two of them. So it could be six months or it was a long time that they were without the rest of the team, so to speak. So Haley, what do you think? How long do you think they've been working on this? I also think years. I couldn't put a specific number to it though. Yeah. I don't know if we'll ever find out. We'll see. Unless they go to Fitz in the present, which is actually, you know, 15 years in the future or something like that. No, I think there's going to be a whole episode that's a flashback to what Fitz and Simmons were up to while they were gone. If you take a look at the season teaser, it did go into different timelines, like the missile coming out of the lighthouse. I don't think that's 1931 because rocketry just wasn't there in 1931. Yet there were rockets, but. They were nowhere near that sophisticated. So I tend to think that they're going to go into the future a little bit, whether it's in the 50s or 40s. I don't know, but I don't think they're staying in 1931. And I will base my assessment specifically on that scene. I will base it on the fact that we got a cameo teased while they were filming. And that person would not look like that in 1931. They did. The showrunners did talk previous to the episode about specifically wanting to bring back Sousa because they've worked with him before and everything. So that was a given that they wanted to bring back. And they also said it was a story or line or a thread that it wasn't complete. So they wanted to make sure that they completed that in the realm of Marvel TV. And I don't know how much of that was them and how much of that was Jeff Loeb because he's also Marvel TV and Agent Carter would have fallen in his realm as well. But regardless, we're going to see more more familiar faces than Sousa in the remaining episodes. What do you guys think the green liquid was? Inhuman stuff. I tend to think it's something along the lines of the superhuman serum that Captain America and Erskine were working on. But this would have been before that. Yeah, I posited that in the live tweet and someone commented that he would have been in Germany at the time and maybe not necessarily working on it quite yet. Well, at least his version of it, but there might have been a precursor. Yeah, of something to note is 1931 is before Hitler came to power. 
there was still like a really firm isolationist nature in not only the U.S., but kind of worldwide at the time. I want to say the Sino-Japanese War was still happening or had just happened. But at this time, anything that would have been leading up to World War II, especially in the U.S., would not happen. Then again, this is Marvel. We have alien gods. Anything's possible. And like I said, the fact that they aired Thor A Dark World right before this episode on ABC was probably meaningful. Probably wasn't just picked out of a rabbit hat. Mm, maybe. It might have been. Mm. It, it might have been thrown out there as, well, this was important for Endgame and we're just going to throw it in your face again. Uh, who knows? There was probably some sort of a statement that was made in there. Oh, just real quick. So the woman with, you know, the little green vials, I was trying to find this on IMDb yesterday and it wasn't there. And I've been racking my brains. That actress is really, really familiar. Does anyone recognize her off the top of your head? Same. I couldn't pick her out, but I did notice that she looked familiar. So I've probably seen her in something else. And before you say it, it's probably not a Hallmark holiday movie, but it could be. I mean, be. it might be. Yeah. but. I feel like I can almost picture it like it's it, there in my head. Her face is so familiar. Was she not in the IMDb credits? I didn't look. No, she wasn't in yesterday's <sighs> IMDb credits. I looked for the next couple of episodes and didn't see her. I'm going to check right now to see if it's been updated. She's still alive at the end. She didn't have the death scene. She was still moaning on the ground. I suspect that they brought her back to the plane, but who knows? So I wondered if maybe she was a young Peggy Carter. Or a relative. She didn't have an English accent, though, and she was a British operative. And yeah, plus Peggy, what didn't Peggy go into the SSR and all that because her brother died in World War II? Didn't we get that in Agent Carter? Maybe. Yes, I think so. So here's the thing that's always been hanging is that Sharon Carter is Peggy's niece, but we're never given how that relationship is established. If it's the brother that died during the war, but I don't think that they had established that he had any children at that time. Aha, I found her. The IMDb has been updated. The actra is Nora Zahetner. Yeah, I just found her. Yeah. Yeah. And she was in Designated Survivor, which I've never seen, but okay. I think that's SP. Bingo. Yeah. That's where I recognize <laughs> her from then. I watched Designated Survivor. Up to the time that it left ABC, and then I stopped watching it. She was Eden in Heroes. That's where I recognize oh, her from. She has an ABC history. Yes. <laughs> and I don't think that you put an actor in there to be a throwaway for a 30-second scene. We're going to see her again. Yeah, for some reason, they don't list her name. I wonder if that's on purpose. It could be. I think so. If it's Carter, yeah, or any relation to Carter, yeah. 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 <laughs> Watch it, Steve's mom. <laughs> <laughs> Could be Steve's parents, yeah. So anyway, we do have Enoch. At the very end, he's got one job to do. It was it's great that he brought up the quote, one job. Enoch, you had one job to do. So Michelle, <laughs> what was the one job that he had to do? Take care of Melinda May. And she <laughs> was there in like the tube and 
then she wasn't. And then the camera pans up and she's, you know, ready to pounce. Yeah, she's pulling a River Tam just kind of propped up on the ceiling. For those that might not be aware, in the last scene that she was conscious, she had just beaten Izel and then her henchmen or horsemen or whatever. So that's the last thing she remembers. And she wakes up in this tube on board Zephyr 1, which was a completely redesigned workspace in Zephyr 1. So she's not familiar with it. She's a little bit freaked out. Yep. So what exactly? I don't remember. It's been a while since I saw what happened with Melinda at the end of last season that she ended up in the tube at the beginning of the season. She got stabbed through the gut with that like sword. Right. She was repeatedly injured in that whole series of fights. She fought Azel and she lost. And no, excuse me, Coulson stabbed her and threw her into the different dimension. And she fought Azel and she took damage there. Azel left her there and went back into our world. And then she had to fight. And I forget what they were, the three fates or horsemen or, or whatever they were. We never saw what happened there. So we're going to assume she beat them and then came back and then killed Azel. But she was so drained and damaged. She kind of collapsed there. And that's when Gemma comes with the shield agents and puts her in the stasis pod, knowing that they could fix her once her core temperature went down. So May remembers being in the temple and that's it. Which is actually valid science. Okay, that had me really excited. It's in the last, I don't know, 20 years, people have realized, hey, if somebody's dying, potentially you can increase the amount of time that they're able to be stabilized by dropping their core body temperature. You have to monitor them because, again, people can freeze to death really easily. But, you know, every time you hear about, oh, somebody who fell in a pool and drowned, but it was freezing and they woke up, that happened actually to a vet that I used to work with in Laredo. A dog, you know, fell in a pool and drowned, but it was freezing and she, they put it in a kennel and they're like, okay, in the morning we'll call the animal disposals, you know, stuff like that. And they came in the next morning, dogs running around. It's fine. So that is a thing that can be used to like slow blood loss and things like that. And it's really interesting. So I'm glad that that little throwaway line was mentioned. I've got three things that I want to talk about really quick over this episode. First was Yo-Yo in her arms where she has actual functional arms and, and she's all uh, reserved about it because she wants to remember that she lost her arms probably for a lot of reasons but she goes ahead and she does it largely because she knows she needs them as cover i have so much to say on that so if anyone else wants to first go ahead okay so there's a problem in a lot of media where a character will be disabled and it's all kind of just magically healed over or it's all forgotten about or the character will just be written off and this is a huge problem because disability exists. I'm disabled. You know, I, I have all four limbs and everything. I mostly can move around okay, but I haven't been on the show in weeks for a reason. And the fact that there's been some arguments over whether, you know, the very human-like Coulson's hand and stuff like that was magically healing it when in reality it's, hey, working because you had actors playing a character who was not originally disabled who then over the course of writing became disabled i don't have a problem with it but you see a lot especially in the last 20 years 
of people in real life who have limb amputation, things like that. And unfortunately, because the medical technology is often kind of a side effect of war, we've had a lot of importance and emphasis being placed on limb replacements since the beginning of the U.S.-Iraq war. The fact that you have a character who is not ashamed, she has very visible prosthetics and is not ashamed of it, and the fact that you have, as has been the case in over the last, again, 20-some years, suddenly been faced with having prosthetics that are improved, I liked that. Like, you know, you look and you see people having 3D-printed artificial hands that can move now and use the remainders of the muscles and nerves and stuff to be able to have fine control. If you look at this as something similar to that, as in, hey, it's still a prosthetic, it's just now they're more advanced, and bonus, it's easier cover for you. It's just not something you see in a lot of media, and I was very, very happy for that. We also had, and I think this is stalwart of comics in general, just the pure horror. So the horror over the Chromicon hunters literally stealing the face and killing the individual, that was horror. And honestly, it's probably one of the many reasons why the show's in the 10 o'clock time spot. But I just want to point that out that in the comic books, there's a lot of horror. And this was definitely a horror because, I mean, losing your face, that's ugh, what a way to go. Uh, Michelle, you brought up the fact in the show notes about Gemma's interrogation. I wanted to talk about it too, but since you wrote it in the notes, let's you take how Gemma goes about her interrogation. She doesn't hesitate. She brings out this device and she realizes that Chromacons are just a bunch of parts and they have limited bandwidth. And she basically just jams all this information it, it it's basically kind of like what she did at the beginning of the episode with Colson just delivering all that information all at once and this guy you know she's just doing it and doing it and they're trying to question him and get information and they actually really have to repeatedly pull her back and she finally does but the guy self-destructs because he doesn't want to you know reveal the plan but he does end up talking about Freddie he gives up Freddie a little bit also at the very beginning of the interrogation, when she's asked, so is that his data port? And there is no data port. And she just jams the probe into the back of his mind. Like, you're just kind of like how Deke did with the probe on the bodies, too. He's just being very brutal with uh, things as they go along. Also, you brought up in the show notes the fights. I wanted to talk about that. Tremendous. They weren't episode long, but when they did the fights, the choreography was great for what we got we got the speakeasy fight we got the fight at the fdr place you had the fight in the alleyway with quake it was just very well done very well placed and it wasn't a wall-to-wall action but you had enough action where it was so the fights were really good in my opinion anybody else have a, a comment about the fights it's enough fights it's enough action to remind you that this is based on a comic book property and of course, we get the theme of at least next episode. I don't know if it's going to be the entire season, but in order to save S.H.I.E.L.D. at this point since 1931, it's before the SSR, they got to save Hydra. Save the cheerleader, save the world. <laughs> Speaking of heroes. 
I'm still of two minds about that. Just because the time period that we are currently living in, I don't like the idea of having to save bad guys. But it is, I will admit, a more interesting plot twist than just a straightforward, okay, we have to save S.H.I.E.L.D. throughout the timeline. It's not really saving Hydra or S.H.I.E.L.D., it's maintaining the timeline that they're really focused on. So it's not really saving the bad guys, you're just saving the timeline that the bad guys happen to exist in. Yeah, it's... (sighs) I know. Here's the thing. This is a show that was done a year ago. And it's interesting to see a show that was completed last year. And it has themes that they thought probably wouldn't be as sensitive as it is today, but they are. I think that's something we're going to have to keep in mind. Yeah, that said, as was mentioned in the notes, again, I do like that they're not making the past into this shiny, happy, perfect place. I mean, it's dirty. It's racist it's sexist it's not a place you'd really want to visit in all honesty so i like that they're not glossing over that aspect of it i enjoyed the episode it was good to see it back i did watch the two hours right before i watched this episode so it was a three-hour block for me and it was just it was fun to go through the three hours i as far as season premieres it was great especially for the show in my opinion Haley, what'd you think about the episode it was really good i'm i don't know how but every year i'm surprised when agents of shield comes back and it's such a good show i forget how good it is between every season like i said it, when i was re-watching it was bringing back all sorts of great memories even though season one was so up and down it was like monster of the week sort of thing until the hydra reveal looking back you see all the character progression and everything it really ties the whole series together well that season one and that was just season one and you go back and watch those season finales and you figure out exactly where the show is and how good it is and why it was marvel's number one show when they did that poll a couple years ago michelle how'd you think about the episode i liked it our characters had moments even melinda at the end had a moment it was good i liked the pace of it Again, I really like this show. I'm sad it's going to be over. And Ming-Na was coming, still coming off an injury with all this stuff. She, since they filmed the both series kind of back-to-back, Ming-Na was still recovering from her, I believe it was a broken leg or something like that along the way. So I'm not surprised that they didn't give her too much action here, but I'm guessing we're going to see a lot more. And it allowed Coulson to the LMD Colson to get out in there and may not have her concern, her relationship concerns. Anyway, Lauren, you get the last word on the episode. <laughs> so like Haley, every time, and I think I've commented on this every time we do a season blank episode one, I always forget exactly how much I love this show until I'm watching it again. And then I'm like, Oh, right. This show's amazing. I loved little little notes little things about the characters i i was remembering again when i was live tweeting yesterday remember back in 
season one, we were all trying to figure out how Coulson was alive and everyone was like, he's an LMD. And now he is. <laughs> yeah, we've had, there's just been so much character development. Like, like you said, SP, last time that we saw Simmons, she was just very serious. And even though, yeah, she mellowed out a bit, I think, because it's, it's that whole thing of, you know, you're, you go back to your hometown and you start acting more like you did when you were there, that sort of thing. So we have a very hardened Gemma, but at the same time, she's our Gemma. All, all of the character progression makes sense. We have May continuing to be a badass. We have Daisy continuing to, you know, she, she's grown so much in confidence over her powers, over her place in S.H.I.E.L.D. Mac, he is an amazing director that we're seeing. He's very self-possessed. He's giving the orders and he seems very comfortable in that role now. Oh, I love it. And remember when I was like, oh, I hate Deke. And now I'm like, oh, baby. It's, <laughs> it's such good character development. And I'm going to miss that character development when the show is over. We will have the Disney Plus series, but we will not have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Maybe they'll cameo. Perhaps. <laughs> Maybe now that the series is over, they can finally be in one of the movies. <laughs> they could, just like Tony Stark's going to be in another movie. Robert Downey Jr. back in the MCU. I mean, you can't get rid of him. Let's face it. <laughs> well, it's flashback, but yeah. Well, still. All right. Next Thursday, we're going to be discussing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 2, titled Know Your Onions. I have not seen a premiere or a teaser yet, so I'll be looking forward to that. In the meantime, we do have one news story to go over. I'll go ahead and take this because it's my news story. I found it. Yep. I was paying attention. Actually, what happened was I went on YouTube and it was one of the recommended YouTube videos and I actually sat down and watched it. So what we're talking about is ABC streamed a virtual panel with the entire cast and four of the producers, the showrunners who happen to be married. So they were in the same place and Jeff Loeb and Jeff Bell were there as well. And it was about an hour long. I'll put the link in the show notes, or you could just go to the ABC YouTube account and you can find out uh, what they talked about. But they were mentioning specifically that they thought the show was going to end at season five. So season six and season seven were what they considered to be bonus packs. So they did go back to the wrap up was really the season finale for episode five. But we got two bonus packs and they called season seven the time travel bonus pack. So I think it's going to be more than just 1931, although they did talk about being in period specific cosplay and how great that was. So they really uh, enjoyed this season. They also went up through their emotions of going through the last season, like, OK, this is the last time we're going to be filming. This, this is the last time we're going to be filming with so and so. So they did go through those emotions. They talked about the character relationships over the seven seasons. I was a little surprised they didn't bring up past characters, kind of like Trip or any of the other characters. They did bring up Brett Dalton because of the big reveal in the first season. And they did mention this is where I got the information from. The more familiar faces will be seen throughout the season. It'll be a little bit like season five in that manner. And they talked about what they will miss in their standout memories. So if you want to catch that, I will put the link 
in the show notes. And to my knowledge, I'm the only one who watched it so far. So my co-hosts have a homework assignment for next time. They really should go and watch this. Even if it's on 2x beat since it's on YouTube, you should go ahead and watch it. It was really good. Any other news that you ladies want to drop at the last second? Not that I've found. Okay. It, it's kind of <laughs> yeah, slow <it's>... going. <laughs> I've read a few articles about, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. being the little show that could. Not really news, but they're out there. Go find some. They're yeah, fun reads. Promoting the series that is back. And it's one of the few new series that's on linear TV that's not uh, reality TV this summer. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, I got really into 90 Day Fiance recently. <laughs> If you ever want to feel like a normal, well-adjusted person who makes great decisions, watch 90 Day Fiance. Sarah really wants to watch the quarantine edition, and I've managed to avoid it so far. <laughs> yeah, SP, I will not be giving you any crap about Hallmark. I've been watching 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> now, in uh, my defense, I only watch the holiday Hallmark movies. I don't watch Hallmark throughout the year because that's that's too much even for me. And how many holiday movies they put out every year was getting too much for me. I, I missed the last 10 or so last year because I was just, <laughs> it's too much. Yeah, I'm done with it. So do they only do like Christmas movies or do they also do like St. Patrick's Day and Memorial Day? They run right from Christmas to New Year's and then they go to Valentine's Day and then it's like wedding season for the rest of the spring. They do go back to like Christmas, well, because of the stay-at-home owners, they've been doing like Christmas movies, but they do Christmas in the summer, and then they do the fall stuff, and then they have their own series, which Lori Laughlin was actually one of the the main actors on one of the shows, so uh, they fired her right away when, when everything came out. Uh, Hallmark, or whatever the, I'm trying to remember the family of channels it actually has a parent company and the parent company severed all the contracts with her at the time so anyway uh yeah they do more than just holiday movies but that's all that i watch on there because honestly that's all i can stomach because i like stuff like this too anyway i say the four of us need to do some team bonding we're gonna go out and we're gonna go steal a truck and we're gonna drive right out of here I want to thank all of our listeners and viewers that have kept with us for the past 42 weeks in the hiatus between season six and season seven of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're going to be with you for the rest of the summer, and we're going to finish the Netflix Defenders series after this, and then we're going to get on the Disney Plus series. So that's what we have in store for the future. Yeah, thank you to everyone that listened to all the off-season content. And I, I'm so glad to be back and to have all of you back with us. Thank you to everybody who joined in for the live tweet yesterday. Or if you couldn't make it because of, you know, you watch it online or you live in a different country or whatever. Thank you for including us in your live tweets. We really, really love seeing your reactions and just the joy that this show continues to bring us. So thank you guys. Yes, thank you to everyone who listens, and thank you for Haley and Lauren being able to come back. SP, I love you, but man, it's a bit tough. <sighs> yeah, it's <laughs> kind of tough, just the two of us. And for those wondering, the episodes with the rest of Iron Fist will be out really soon, but I'm going to get this one out first. 
All right. Until next time, next week, next Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, Geeks.Live. I am Director SP. I'm Agent Haley. I'm Agent Lauren. And I'm Agent Michelle. See you guys next time. Bye. 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 We're never going to see new mutants. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. I don't know if y'all saw that there's going to be a... uh... Lord of the Rings reunion online this weekend. I did see that. I didn't know the specifics of it. It's on Josh Gad's channel. Twitch or? Uh, it's Zoomcast. Hmm. Okay. So it's going to be on the 31st at 12 p.m. Eastern time. And it's going to have the Fellowship cast plus Liv Tyler, Miranda Otto, Andy Serkis, Carl Urban, and Peter Jackson. I retweeted the trailer last night, but it was at like one in the morning. There she is. Ailey. Hey. So you're connecting via your phone and you're recording locally, it looks like. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Give me just one second. I have a little stand I can put my phone on. Okay. Just don't take us to the bathroom. (laughs) No promises. Problem with working from home is I work in like three different rooms. Yeah. Yep. I intentionally moved my telework desk outside of this office so I wouldn't confuse podcasting with telework. I call it Studio C because it's a fully functional (laughs) studio. It's just a stand-up desk in the basement. Used to be a craft area for the kids when they were younger. (laughs) And I did tear down Studio B. It's no longer up because Jessica stopped teaching for the summer. So she doesn't need it. And uh, my son, it was actually my son's room. My son came to get a few things and I didn't want to be upset about a recording studio in his room. So I took it down. (laughs) But it will be easy to put back up. All right, everybody record? Yep, oh my god. Scott, can you get Pike away from the door? Oh, are you in a closet? Pike is not allowed in the recording closet, and he is mad. Cats. Asami's not allowed in my shoebox of an office either, and it makes her mad. I can't hear Michelle, and only Michelle. Really? Am I... I can, can anybody else? I can hear Michelle can, just fine. I can hear all of y'all. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we'll have to try to work through this, I guess. Okay. Okay, it's- so I guess whenever Michelle says something, we go, that's right, Michelle, as you know. <laughs>
Like Sigourney Weaver on Galaxy Quest? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> it's my one job to ask the computer what's going on, so let me do my one job. And we're out. Woo! Good show, ladies. You don't think they're going to dump new mutants onto Disney Plus? We covered a news story during Iron Fist. Uh, mm-hmm. Michelle brought it up, I believe, that moved New Mutants back to, and I'm trying to remember when it August. was August. Yeah. I, I honestly, I, I think it's going to be one of the first movies that they decide, ah, we're just going to throw it on Disney Plus, but they're going to wait to at least August. I don't think we're going to see yeah. it on Disney Plus because, I mean, come on, Disney Plus censored Splash. So <laughs> yeah, they do. I think it might but, be Hulu. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, because I've heard that they're really hurting for content on Disney Plus because they weren't able to finish producing any of those Marvel shows that were supposed to premiere this year. Okay. Which is why we're getting Hamilton in October. So Woo! it's fine. Or, not October. It's ju- July. 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 Oh my God! I am even more excited, guys. Right. Ah! The third. It's right before Independence Day. Yeah. Perfect. I've got the weekend off. I can watch it like eight times. It's gonna be awesome. Oh, unrelated to anything, but look, my quarantine haircut is growing out. I buzzed it a couple <laughs> weeks ago. I didn't know I had a widow's peak. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's all fuzzy. I've had two haircuts. My wife has given me two haircuts and it's been okay. I'm in need of a third and I do not want to go to a hairstylist right now. Yeah. I need uh, one. Sarah asked if I could cut her hair, and I said, I could. I don't know if you want me to. Our relationship <laughs> might not withstand that. I can make it shorter than it is now. I am capable of that, yes. I, I don't remember uh, pictures of her. Just, she doesn't have long hair, right? It's short? No, she does not. She, for a long time, had it like buzzed short, and then she had grown it out a little bit, and now it's long enough to go in a ponytail, and she hates it. <laughs> yeah, the... Ladies of the house all get their hair cuts done as soon as the um, the um, restrictions lifted. But yeah, I only get my hair cut like once a year, anyways, and I got it cut right before everything started to go down. Mm. A friend of mine works at a hair salon in Houston and in Chinatown in Houston, and so they're only letting in two people a day at this point because oh. they want to be able to track, you know, customers and everything. Two people per stylist or two people total? No, two people total per day. Yeah. Because they want to be able to keep the numbers low and keep track of who's coming in and out. And Isn't Texas fully open now? Uh, Our governor is trying, but like Houston and Austin, a lot of places are still like they don't want to risk it. And I'm thankful for that. Yeah, it's a mess, and I don't like it. If people wore masks, it's just... Like, I had really- my first specifically stress dream last night. Oh, wow. About, like, I was going to go on a trip, and my dad, I asked my, I forgot my mask at home, and asked my dad, hey, since you're on your way, can you bring it? He's like, no, your cousin sent us some, I'll bring those. And they weren't really masks, they were just folded sheets of computer paper with, like, a pattern on it. And I was trying to figure out how to make it work. And then also, while I was watching Lois and Clark while doing that, but it was the last season and Dean Kane had been replaced by Rick Moranis. I don't know. It was weird. Were, were you uh, reading too many Batwoman news stories? No, actually. I, 
I haven't been watching Batwoman. I was really not happy with the way that they took the show. It's not the Batwoman I love. You know, Rose yeah. quit. Well, yeah. we might get a new Batwoman next year, so. Yeah. Okay, if we get a Batwoman I like, I might try again. But, like, I know Sonya Deville from WWE has thrown her hat in the ring. And I actually... Uh, with next week, because that'll be the season finale for Legends of Tomorrow, I will take, that's the last show that I have a series DVR recording, and I will take that off. So I'm done with the Arrowverse as of next week. I'll, I'm going to catch up with it all probably at the end of the seasons, but I've got to go, guys. I'm starving. Yep. Okay. okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. See you guys next week. See ya. Bye. Bye. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2020.